KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. Delco kind of has its own vibe. And I mean, I, I don't hear people say they're proud to be from Montgomery County or Bucks County or Chester County. But people in Delco, it's, you know, I'm from Delco and, and they take great pride in that. I mean, there's there's Delco flags, shirts, and things like that. And our guest this week is Terry Tui. He is the assistant sports editor for the Delaware County Daily Times. He has been there since 1981, covers a little bit of everything, has covered a little bit of everything for decades. And Terry, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. No problem, Matt. Thanks for having me. So let's start as we're recording this in mid to late November here. What's the, the focus? What's your your beat? What are you doing these this time of year? Well, I'm, I'm kind of making a transition from fall sports, field hockey, volleyball, cross country, college football, to college basketball, primarily Villanova, and I'll also be doing wrestling. How difficult is it to kind of switch gears when you're covering so many different things kind of at the same time? Is it tough to to get into the mindset to cover wrestling just maybe three hours after you covered volleyball or something like that? Or, I mean, you've done it for so long, I'm sure it's not that much of a challenge now. But do, do you have to kind of, does, does it take a certain type of focus to zero in on so many different sports at the same time? Yes, it does. It, there is a challenge, and especially when you're going from one season to the next. When you're in a season like in the fall season, and I cover, you know, Villanova and small college football, volleyball, cross country, and field hockey, it's not that difficult. The difficult part is the change of the seasons. You know, getting your mindset from a fall sport to a winter sport, and then from a winter sport to a spring sport. When did you start writing, and did you always want to be a a journalist, a writer, as you were growing up? No, you know, I, I mean, I had a, a, a teacher at Cardinal Dockery High School, Jim Doherty, who kind of suggested to my mother that I w- might think about a career in writing because he felt I, I, I was a good writer. I really didn't kind of get the bug until I was at Community College of Philadelphia. Um, I was in a class. I can't remember what class it was. I met a fellow, Wes Mikesell, who became a very good friend of mine. And he was the sports editor of the student Vanguard. And he asked me if I'd ever written. And I said, no. And he asked me if I was interested. And I said, sure. And that's kind of how it all started. Did you enjoy it right away? And how good were you at first? Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I wasn't very good. I, I think one of the best things for me was I eventually got a job at score service at the Inquirer, taking high school results over the phone things of that nature. And it really working down there with the people at the Inquirer really gave me the knowledge, you know, how this job has to be done when you see it every day done by professionals while you're still in college. And and that's, you know, it took me a while to become a, a, a better writer. And you're always, as a writer, you're always improving. You always want to improve. Early on, when you say you weren't very good, what were some of the things you struggled with and maybe you didn't quite realize it at the time, but maybe you go back and look at old clips and stuff like that. Where have you made the most progress over your career you feel like as a writer? Wow, that, that's a good question. I mean, a, a lot of gr- little grammatical things, it's in theirs for one. 
That's one thing I think a lot of young writers struggle with. Setting up a quote without using the words in the quote, because a lot of times a lot of young writers will say the same thing that they're quoting their subject. And just the, the whole pyramid aspect of writing a news story, the most important information at top and then going down the pyramid and then trying to tie it all together. You know, those were some of the things I struggled with early. Like I said, at the Inquirer and then later at the Daily Times, I had some very good editors, Chick Rebel, Bob Tennant, Terry Brennan, guys like that who, who were very instrumental in developing me as a young writer. Was it always sports? Did you did you put your toe in the water in, you know, cover local meetings, board meetings, stuff like that? Or were you always pretty focused that you wanted to be a sports writer? I was always focused on being a sports writer. I had done the occasional news story, especially during the pandemic when there was no, no sports going on. Our editors, you know, they needed stories. They needed things to fill the paper. So they sent us out on news assignments, mostly feature stories. They left the, the quote, hard news to the news reporters. But in the course of my career as a sports writer, you do cover like school board meetings and things like that when there's coaching changes, some controversies or things like that. So I have delved into news a little bit, not a whole lot, but a little bit. Do you remember when you were younger, you know, those early days at the Enquirer or even at the Daily Times, was there a conscious decision that this is what I want my my career, my life to be to to do this? You know, was there a discussion with yourself or was it just one of those where you just enjoyed it and one opportunity led to the next? And, you know, I think a lot of us in our careers, you look back, well, I've been here five years. Well, I've been here 10 years. I've been doing this for so long. Was there a, a conscious thing or was it just kind of more you just enjoyed it and you kind of went with the flow? Yeah, there wasn't an aha moment. It was more gradual. That the more that I did it, the more that I enjoyed it. At the Inquirer, where I worked for, for, for three years you know, on a part-time basis, I didn't do any writing for at least the first two years. All I did was answer phones and take results of, you know, and gave that information to the people who wrote that stuff, wrote those roundups. And then my third year, they sent me out on a few assignments. And that kind of told me, okay, I can do this. Um, I was sent out to a Catholic League baseball game, playoff game. And, and that's, that's kind of where, where it starts. Okay, I can do this. And started talking to people, people like Don McKee at the Inquirer and things like that, getting their advice. You know, it, it, it was a gradual thing. Were you nervous those first few assignments that the Inquirer sent you out? Or were you too young to, to be nervous? Oh, no, I was nervous. Uh, I, I do remember my first assignment, like I said, was a Catholic League baseball game at, at now Jefferson University, then Textile. And initially, I was told that I was writing for the B edition, which was at that time, if I, if I remember correctly, was an eight o'clock deadline. I didn't get back to the office till 5.15 or so. And one of the editors walks up says to me, you know, that's for the A, which was six o'clock deadline. Well, you know, I froze a little bit. I wrote the story. It wasn't very good. Jay Searcy, sports editor at the time, he took it. I sent it over to the desk. He made a printout of it. And back then they would edit it with an old grease pencil. And he circled all my mistakes and everything, threw it on my desk in front of me. And, and said, rewrite this for the B. And that's kind of my introduction 
And one of the other editors came over and said, listen, it's not too bad. Move this year. You know, it, it was kind of a good cop, bad cop thing. And yeah, I was nervous, you know, because you, you, you want to prove yourself. And what better way to prove it is to go out and do an assignment. I think when you're young, like, you know, you were nervous and all and editing kind of rolls off your back because you want to get better. Does it get harder to be edited as you get older, more established? Not for me. I, I, I appreciate good editing. Uh, somebody pointing out a mistake. One of my little kind of bugaboos is every once in a while, I'll leave a name out. I'll say like offensive tackle and then leave the name out. So, you know, you need a good editor to catch you on that because I'm a firm believer writers are their own worst editors, especially on deadline because the story is still fresh in your head. I'm a better editor when I'm doing like a feature story for two days down the road where I can sit down, write it, go away from it, come back the next day. So I, I don't have a problem unless they, they're changing facts and that that can be a problem and i'm glad somebody else does the thing where you leave names out because i do that in scripts all the time and a lot of times i won't catch it until i'm about to read it on the radio but that's a different story uh so how does the 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 delco times opportunity come you're at the inquire a few years uh what what opens the door there well i had sent out probably a hundred resumes all over the country but not to the daily times and Don McKee, who was the high school sports uh, sports editor, sports writer for the Inquirer, was friends with Chick Rebel, who was the sports editor at the Daily Times at the time. And Daily Times back then was expanding. They were doubling their sports staff basically to save the paper. Because at the time, the paper was in financial trouble. And Chick Rebel called Don McKee and said he was looking for, I started as what we called an agate clerk. If you remember scoreboard pages, you know, standings, box scores, that's what he was looking for, an agate clerk. Chick called Don McKee. Don McKee recommended me and another fellow who ended up getting a job at the Daily News. I came in, did an interview with Chick and got the job. How'd you like it at first? You know, it was interesting because it was a transitional period. The paper was going from an afternoon broadsheet to a morning tab and... They were dropping the price of the paper to a dime. You know, it was 10 cents to buy the Daily Times when I, you know, the second week I was at the Daily Times. And the first week was was easy because we were still on afternoon broadsheet. So I didn't have a, a 10 or 11 or midnight deadline. The paper wasn't put together until the next day, the next morning. But that following week, it ramped up. And that's where I believe would help me is my experience at the Inquirer working with their various deadlines. I wasn't, I was nervous, of course, because you want to do a good job, but it wasn't something that was new to me. For listeners who aren't familiar, especially our young listeners, broadsheet, tab, explain what that's all about when it comes to, to, to old school newspaper work. Well, I'll use the Philadelphia Inquirer and the Philadelphia Daily News. Philadelphia Inquirer is a broadsheet. When you open the paper, you open it vertically. A tabloid is like the Daily News or the New York Post, and you open it horizontally. So the pages, you know, the pages are, are, are le they're always left to right, but the way you open the paper is different. So you come on to the, the Daily Times. How long till you start getting consistent assignments there? You talk about you're working on the 
you know, bringing the bringing all the stats and stuff together. When do you start writing relatively consistently? That that football season, Chick used me as a stringer. That was one of the things that he said in our interview that this isn't the only thing where I'm going to have you do. You know, because every everyone wants to be a writer. You know, it's the old you know Walton's you know John Boy. I want to be a writer, Daddy. And he said, well, you know, we need stringers for football during football season, and. I would go out and cover football games on the weekends on on Fridays and Saturdays, basically on my days off and get paid separately for that. And then in December or January of 81, I was promoted to sports writing, a staff sports writing position. So and I and I jumped right in. I think I started covering girls basketball at that time. When you're covering a lot of things over your career and a lot of different sports. How did you, I mean, I think you probably have a working knowledge of a lot of sports, but you know, there are certain sports that have specific rules or, or certain things that are integral that I think the casual fan doesn't know. How, how did you go about kind of learning the ins and outs of, of a lot of different sports or was it just trial and error or just learning and talking to coaches and, and stuff like that? A little bit of both. Talking to coaches, I mean, I cover field hockey now. I still don't know all the rules of field hockey. Uh, there's some things I just don't understand. And, and, I mean, that's one of the things that I've never tried to get too technical when I'm writing about sports that I'm not as familiar with as other sports. You know, especially on the high school level, I found that coaches are very open to teaching you their sport because they want publicity for their sport. So they'll give you the nuances of the game. And as the more you cover things, you know, as a good reporter, you're going to observe things and you're going to pick things up and you're going to pick tendencies up and, and you're going to get to learn the sport a little bit more. And I would read books on different sports like volleyball, like field hockey things of that nature. You know, other sports are pretty simple. I mean, track is is pretty simple. Pearson crosses the finish line first wins. So when I'm covering things, I'm trying to write about people. And that's one thing that Chick Rebel kind of instilled in all of us when we started is write about the athletes. I want to know about the athletes and what's going on with them. So, you know, he wanted featureized game stories, not not just a straight Associated Press. Joe Smith scored 21 points to lead Villanova over. So he wanted some some depth, some detail. And so I received that kind of training at, a, at an early age. And I wasn't afraid to ask coaches questions saying, hey, I know nothing about your sport. Kind of enlighten me. But that, that takes a certain amount of because so many people in media so many and i can't stress that enough have to act like they know everything about every sport or everything they're covering uh, that's such so refreshing to just be open to hey what is this because i don't understand this yeah i i agree with you and, and and you know and i know the nature of the business has changed and I, and again i think covering high school sports to start really was beneficial in that because it opened me up to sports I had never really watched or covered. I was like every other person. You know, my big sports you know, were football, baseball, basketball, and hockey and track. I grew up, my father was a track coach, so I always enjoyed track. But other sports were just foreign to me. And so if you wanted to get better, you had to learn. It's just like being in a classroom. 
you want, if you want to pass your class, you you have to read and study, and that and that's what what I had to do. Over your career, is there a sport that you came from not understanding, not caring about, to developing a a significant appreciation for it? I think everybody, you know, football, basketball, we all grew up on those. But is there one that you really? had no affiliation with and, and didn't give a thought to, to now you're like, well, I'm really interested in it. And you might even watch it if it's, you're not getting a paycheck for covering it. Yeah. I, you know, I would say probably field hockey and volleyball and just the nature of field hockey, where you can only play on your right hand side. You know, you can't, the, the sticks are only, you can only use one side of your stick and to see the skill level of these athletes is remarkable to me. And volleyball is the same way. Having watched it and, and, and I, I feel I have a better understanding of the game. Uh, it just, you know, everyone sees volleyball and they see kills, the big swing, the big hit, but they don't see the, the work in the back row to set all that up with the setter. You know, how she determines who she's going to set the ball to. And so I, I've grown to appreciate that a little bit more. You know, at first, like a lot of people with field hockey, there's whistles all the time because if the ball hits a foot, it's a stoppage of play and, and things of, of that nature. But once you really watch it you, and, and you see the, the skill level, and we're fortunate in Delaware County that we have some very high level programs. You know, many girls have gone on to play for USA Hockey. So we've had some really good players and to see them at, at the top level uh, it, it has really been extraordinary. So you start at the Daily Times in 81. Was there a conscious decision some point over the years where you kind of thought to yourself, this is where I'm going to set up shop and this, this feels like home. It is home. Like this is where I want to be for the, the long haul. Or was it just like we kind of referenced in a similar conversation earlier part, earlier part of this conversation, like you're kind of five years, 10 years, you kind of look around and Hey, you know what? I'm having fun. I'm good at this. And this is where I'd like to be. You know, I would say that I looked around. I've I interviewed for other jobs in the area and outside the area. And for one reason or another, this just felt like home. I'm a Philly guy. I grew up in the northwest section of Philly and east and west Oak Lane. My my whole family's here. You know, I'm entrenched in the Philly sports scene. I'm I was comfortable here. And and there was a point probably, you know, oh probably 15 or 17 years. And I said, you know, this is, this is where I want to hang my hat for the rest of my career. I, I think as a young writer, you, you're always saying, oh, I'm going to work at the New York times and, or, or things of that nature. Well, not everybody can work at the New York times and that's okay. And I I'm okay with that. You know, I have a good job. Uh, I always tell people I have the best job in America. I get paid to watch ball games. And, and there's a lot of guys that would, would, would give, yeah, you know what for that. And so it it's it probably wasn't until about really about ten or fifteen years that I was in the business on saying, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick around here, you know, and, and stay here. We need to take a break. We will have more with the Delaware County Daily Times Terry Tui right after this. This is one on one. A Philadelphia dentist today was sentenced to 22 years in prison and fined $100,000. This was just unbelievable. You got to understand the genius in Larry. Nobody was doing coke at this point. No one could believe that this highly educated, young, handsome man was this kingpin drug dealer. This is Wolves Among Us, the Larry Lavitt story. 
a documentary podcast from C13 Originals, a Cadence 13 studio. Listen now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back on one-on-one. Our guest this week is Terry Tui of the Delaware County Daily Times. Do you remember the first story you wrote that you really felt like you nailed it? Ooh, wow. Now, I, I really don't because there's some, you know, I was trying to figure out how many stories I've written in the course of 41 plus years. And, uh, you know, back in the earlier days, I mean, it wasn't uncommon for me when I was the chief high school football writer to cover four high school football games in a weekend because most of our schools didn't play on Friday night. They played on Saturdays. So I would do a game on Friday night, two games on Saturday, and then the Catholic League played on Sunday. So just in no span of those three days, I would write four stories plus an advance, plus a notebook. So I was probably writing 10 or 12 stories a week. I mean, that's probably one of the big differences between a paper like ours, a local paper, is you did a lot more things. You know, I would do athletes of the week when we did athletes of the week. So it's, you know, probably some of the stories that I wrote that I that I won awards for, I, I, I'm really happy with. One was a football player at Upper Darby who had, um, he was learning disabled, and he ended up being an old Delco football player for us. And his teachers were astonished because his intellectual development, you know, he, he started on both offense and defense. They were surprised he started on defense because that required remembering plays, knowing where to go and things like that. And that, that was a story that I, that I really, really enjoyed writing. And I felt I did a really good job on. And there, there's others, uh, none, none that come right to uh, mind now. How long do you think it took you to kind of, hit your stride as a sports writer? You know, several years because, you know, I was also a voracious reader of of the sports pages. And you get a little envious of how some of the great writers, the Bill Lyons and and the people like that write. You know, and I grew up, you know, I came along in in the heyday of the Daily News when they had all those great writers and things like that. And I would read them and say, wow, I wish I could write like that. And every once in a while, you would try and you would fail, fail miserably. So it takes you a little while to get to, to develop your style and then feel comfortable in that style and stay within that style. Don't try to be somebody else. Just be yourself. What are some of your we talked a lot about all the things you've covered at the high school level and you do a lot of Villanova hoops now. What are some of the other things that when you kind of think of the the, the painting of your career, what are what are some of the other things you're really amazed you got to cover proud you got to cover or just will always stick with you well i was the first one to write about leroy burrell from penwood who went on to be a gold medalist at the olympics and was the world record holder in in the hundred meter dash at one time and i got to know him and i still know you know to to know somebody he's now the, the track coach at the university of houston and he comes to the pen relays every year and i make sure i go over and see him and things of that nature, you know, we're still on a friendly basis. I was first person to write about Monet Davis when they made their their run. That Tanny Little League played out here in a District 19 Little League tournament. And I went out to cover the, the championship game and I saw her warming up and I'm sitting there. And I and I asked that the, the Tanny scorekeeper was not sitting next to me. And, and I said, is that a girl pitching for you? 
And the scorekeeper said, yes, but she doesn't throw like a girl. Uh, and she didn't. Getting to, you know, just getting to know guys like Jay Wright, you know, like, wow, it, it's amazing. You know, I, I still I still have his cell phone number. I mean, there were, there were other writers that I know from around the country. So wait a second. You have Jay's cell phone number? Yeah. I said, I can call him whenever I need him. You know, and just, you know, meeting people like that. You know, I've covered some great athletes. Lamont Farrell at Penn, another Penwood basketball player who was going on to be a successful comedy writer for a lot of, a lot of different outlets. God, there, you know, there's so many. I've covered Villanova track. They've had national champions. Uh, got to cover Villanova football's national championship. Villanova's two uh, NCAA titles and, and a number of state champions, both individual and teams. And I, those are always fun. So many years covering high school sports. I'm curious, do you feel like at the, the young athletes have changed for the most part, or are they pretty much the same kids? I mean, different interests because of different times. Like, But it, is interviewing a 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old athlete today, is it basically the same conversation you were having in 1981, 1982? Yeah, it's, it's a little different, and, but you're, you're always going to have some athletes are very outgoing. And we'll, we'll say almost anything. And a lot of times when you're covering high schools, you sort of have to protect the athlete from themselves. And then there's others, you know, it's like pulling teeth. You get yes and no answers. I find that maybe a little bit more as I get older because I might be covering a high school sophomore and I might be older than their grandfather. You know, so that's, you know, they, they, they look at you in, in a different light when, when, when you're 23, 24, you're not that far removed from. Them. So it's it, it has gotten a little bit different. The Internet's changed a lot of things. Social media. There's a lot of back and forth on social media, which you didn't have back in the day. So back in the day, they would use our stories as bulletin board material. You know, and coaches would tell their players, don't say anything to the Daily Times. We don't want to give them any, any bulletin board material. You know, so, so it, it has changed. I, I, I think that in some ways they're, the athletes today are a little more used to the media because there's more of it. You know, back then it was just newspapers and some radio stuff occasionally. But now there, there's all different time, different outlets for them. You talk about, you know, social media and all that. Would you still do what you do if you were coming out of school and it was today's media landscape? Like if you had the choice, knowing what you know and getting into it, would you still do it? I think so. I think so, because just the, being around sports all the time is fun. I mean, I have a fun job. It's a difficult job. There's there's a lot of stories that you have to write that you don't want to write. You know, the, the coach getting fired, a young athlete passing away, things of that nature. News stories where there's some scandal going on. But I think I would still get into it just because of the difference. You know, you're not just reading about it. You kind of have your finger on the pulse. And that's, that's a nice thing to have as a career. You know, you, you know, you're not you're not just talking about it at the water cooler or the coffee shop. You're you're kind of, you're involved in it. You're not you're part of it. Is there anything you haven't covered that you realistically would still like to do? You're still hoping to get the opportunity to do? Um, I mean, obviously, I've never done an Olympics. I, I would love to do an Olympics, but I, I doubt our paper would ever cover the Olympics. I've never covered a Flyers game. 
I've done all the other pro sports, but I've never done a fly. I know I haven't done a union yet, but you know, I, I wouldn't mind doing a union game. Flyers, I kind of that's I'm I'm back and forth on that one. You know, I mean, you know, a college football playoff championship that would be, I think, would be cool. I've never done a World Series. I've done the Phillies. You know, I was a backup Phillies writer back in the late '90s when they were awful, and that was hard going to work every day when you got a team that's 40 games out of first place or whatever they were. But you know, those are some of the things that I, I you know, Olympics is would be at the top of the list, either winter or summer. More likely summer because, like I said, I'm a big track guy. What stories do you write? Do you get the most feedback from, positive or negative? But what generates the most buzz consistently with what you write? I, I have to imagine it, it's something at the high school level. And what what are some of the things you you usually hear? Oh yeah, the, you know, because high schools are very territorial. First of all, I mean, over the years. I was accused of being a Ridley grad. Uh, you write about Ridley all the time because you went there. No, no, I didn't. I'm not even from Delaware County. I had persons tell me, my brother said he had you in class at St. James. <laughs> well, I don't want to call your brother a liar, but it's not true. One of the things is I I, I started our, our ranking system. We call it the Super 7 back in the 80s. I went to Chick Rebo. I wanted to, I felt we should rank our county football teams and I'm trying to remember how many we had. We had like 24, 25 football teams back at the time. And I wanted to do a top 10. Chick thought the top 10, top 10 was too many for the number of teams that we had. I said, well, what about five? He goes, five's not enough. You know, I said, how about seven? And and I think Chick was the one. I don't know if it was he or I who came up with the concept of the Super 7. So that's where we get our biggest reaction is where, you know, when we rank teams. Oh, how can you have? Strathaven over Ridley or Ridley over Strathaven. I was an AP top 25 poll voter for eight or nine years. My God, that was probably the most feedback I got just from, you know, because it's especially now it's open to everybody. Everybody can see your vote, who you voted for and things like that. And I still get emails from colleges asking me to consider their team for the top 25, even though I'm not voting in the poll anymore. And I have to tell them I'm no longer a voter. Find out who it is. But those are the things, you know, when you write up, when you're when, when you're ranking teams, that's that causes the most consternation. It has been difficult for media for a while in the, you know, the landscape. It's been really difficult for newspapers for, I think, longer than any other point of media. What's it been like working at a newspaper you know, and there it's been a tough last, I'd say, 20 years, you know, well, to different degrees with a lot of papers being bought, some going away, stuff like that. How, you know, how how difficult has it been or has it not really been difficult at all from that standpoint? Uh, it's been difficult because the whole landscape has changed, especially the advent of the Internet has changed the landscape of the media in general, newspapers in particular. People aren't reading newspapers the way they did 25 years ago. We're not getting the advertising revenue we got 25 years ago. You know, everything is is a digital focus. Our powers that be want stories up, you know, as soon as the game ends, basically. They want it up on a website. So in many ways, in many ways, you're 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 writing a story, what we call running story, you're following right at the end of the game, and then you're doing a, a write-through. You you're following it up and, and, and doing an update, you know, an hour or so later. So 
you're, you're writing a little bit more. Before, when it was just a, when you didn't have to worry about the website, you just worry about the newspaper. It was a, basically a one and done thing. You were writing for your deadline and that was that. And so, you know, you're, you're constantly changing. You have to change with the times. So you've been with the Delaware County Daily Times since 81. Do you ever take a step back and think about the impact that you've had on the area? Because I am sure there are people who you've written about multiple generations of a family, like the, you know, kids, their parents, grandparents, you know, do you ever think about that? And what, what does it mean to you to really be a, a, an, integral part of the fabric of Delaware County. Yeah, I do. And, and, and it's nice when somebody you wrote about in 1982 or 83 comes up to you, you haven't seen them in 35, 40 years, and they come up and, and I recognize the face, but not the name right away. And they come up and thank me for writing about them. A fellow, Artie Condadina, who played at football at O'Hara and Villanova, and is still very integral in Villanova's Alumni Association. I see him every once in a while at Villanova games. And he tells me, and his wife tells me, we still have all, all the clips, the stories you wrote about me. That's nice to hear that, that it, they cared so much. It's, it's a little weird now. I'm getting into the point where I'm writing about grandkids of guys, people that I cover. That's a little strange. And, you know, and, and it took some getting used to initially uh, in my younger career, being down the shore on a boardwalk and somebody walks up to you and starts talking to you about, you know, Ridley football or, 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 or Chester basketball. And you have no idea who that person is, but they know who you are. And it's a little scary at first, but then you realize, OK, and, you know, and, and it's nice to be involved in a community because we've done a lot of community based things. I mean, we ran a softball tournament for many years for over 30 years that benefited the american cancer society and it really became a community effort and i think we raised you know over eight hundred thousand dollars in that time for the american cancer society and that was very gratifying because the community embraced it it wasn't just us even though our name was on it it wouldn't have been possible if they didn't embrace it and it exposed me to a completely different set of athletes. These are weekend warriors, you know, men and women who play softball for fun and whatever. They're serious about it. But, you know, they they also read the paper and, and they're the ones that complain to you about, you know, why why their team isn't ranked higher than somebody else. You know, and, it, and it's good back and forth. It leaves a, a good feeling in my heart that, that, you know, people like what I do and appreciate what I do. Do you enjoy reading your own stuff? Like, do you go back and read your old clips? Because I know I can't stand listening to stuff. I don't care how good it is. I can't stand listening to my own stuff. Do you enjoy reading your own stuff? I do occasionally. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't have like a, a clip book or a scrapbook of stories that I've written because it would probably take up half a room now that I think about it. You know, but every once in a while, now we don't we don't have an office anymore. When we did have an office, I'd go back into the files, be doing research. And I'd pick up a story that I wrote 10, 12 years ago, and I'd say, oh, that was pretty good. And I'm like, oh, man, that was awful. Uh, and I, I'm like you. I really don't like reading myself. I'll read it the next day and just make sure I didn't screw up too badly. 
You know, I didn't misspell somebody's name or or get a fact wrong or something like that. But after that, like the next day, I, you know, I'm on to the next thing. What would be your advice to young journalists, young writers getting into the business now? Well, be versatile. Be able to write, edit, take pictures, kind of you know, do everything. Don't just concentrate on being a writer. Number one. Number two, don't be afraid. Everybody wants to cover the pros. That's or colleges. Don't be afraid to be a high school writer. That you because you you get really good training at that level because you, it teaches you how to do interviews and things like that. And there's a lot of opportunities there. I mean, it, it's it's a little different now because mostly everything is digitally based. Not many newspapers are hiring, but there's websites out there that are designed specifically for for certain sports like COBL, City of Basketball Love, does a great job. Josh Berlin and his staff do a great job covering the local high school and college basketball scene. And and don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to write a feature story about uh, figure skating, you know, or wrestling or something like that. Broaden your horizons. Philadelphia area is so unique. Delaware County is so unique. Do you think your job would be as much fun if it was in a similar-sized county or community somewhere else in the country or do you think it's the flavor of the area that makes it so special i think it's the flavor of the area that makes it so special delco kind of has its own vibe and i mean i i don't hear people say they're proud to be from montgomery county or bucks county or chester county but people in delco it's you know i'm from delco and and they take great pride in that I mean, there's there's Delco flags, there's mat, you know, shirts and things like that. You know, I, I've had the fortune to write, to work with a lot of people who worked around the state in smaller communities like Sunbury and Bloomsburg and places like that. You know, places where covering high school sports is a big deal. And that's what kind of Delco has. And a lot of that is is due to Chick Rebel. When he came up here as a sports editor, I think in 79 or 80, whenever he got the job and, you know, he was a high school writer down in Virginia and he brought that with him and, and he connected with the vibe in the county right away. And he encouraged us to connect with that with that vibe. And, you know, I don't I don't know if I if I go somewhere else, would I have the same success? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't complain about my career. Like I said, I've, I've covered national championships. Now, how many people can say they were there when Chris Jenkins, you know, hit, the, hit, hit his shot? I was in the building. I wasn't sitting home watching it on TV. Terry Tui, this was a ton of fun. Thanks so much for taking the time. Hey, Matt, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much. And that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Terry Tui for being our guest this week. Now, if you like the show, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, want to do us a favor, leave us a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at one on one pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon 1060. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to check us out again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.